विवेक It was a special night for Lionel Messi and Argentina at Lucerne Stadium on Tuesday night as they beat Croatia 3-0 to seal their berth in the FIFA World Cup final on Sunday. Argentina took the lead in the 34th minute through a penalty by Lionel Messi after a foul on Julian Alvarez by Croatia goalkeeper Dominic Livakovic. Just 5 minutes later, Alvarez made it 2-0 for Argentina with a solo run from the center circle. A couple of ricochets inside the 18-yard box made things easier for him, but it was a remarkable run nonetheless. The icing on the cake was the third goal in the 69th minute. Lionel Messi showed how devastating he can still be in a one-on-one situation, dribbling past Josko Guardiol, one of the best defenders of the tournament, before providing Julian Alvarez the ball on a platter for a simple finish. Diman, Messi at 35 has another crack at the World Cup trophy, the only one that's missing from his cabinet. What did you make of a pretty remarkable night for Argentina? Yeah, um, it's uh, incredible. I mean, he this this will be another cliche but he makes you run out of words i mean uh, people have been calling him genius people have been i mean one adjective of the after the other has been used to describe him over 15 16 years but he continues to amaze it's difficult to you know put in words the kind of influence he had on the game yesterday because that that final assist for that goal shows you what messi can still offer at the age of 35 and how he brings his best on football's grandest stage to make such a telling contribution that takes argentina to the final again it was an incredible piece of athleticism intelligence and skill all put together in those in that in that burst down the right when he cut in and then found alvarez uh, with the assist it was simply incredible uh nevan a uh, lot of us feel that that pace that messi had is probably not there anymore although the skill is still there yesterday with that third goal uh when he wants that burst of pace is still very much there isn't it yeah i mean and it's it's also about timing it right we've all seen we saw it at the ground uh, the world has seen it on television he was constantly feeling the back and side of his left leg Uh, whether it's a hamstring problem, whether it's an adductor problem, whether it's any problem, we don't know. So uh, there were there were concerns. Uh, you know, you could hear murmurs of concern in the, in the media tribune with a whole lot of Argentine journalists uh, talking to each other and pointing that out. And then comes that run. What do you make of that? I mean, and it's a run where he beats a 20-year-old defender, and as you said, one of the best defenders in the business now, one of the best defenders in the World Cup now. He beats him for pace. and then he spins him twice yeah. and then he cuts in and finds uh, his teammate for the assist so it's about choosing those moments i think i think what we've seen in this world cup is messi being able to choose the moments when he wants to make an impact and to be able to do that and pull this off game after game after game 
is frankly stupendous. I saw uh, Gary Neville, I think, mentioning after the game yesterday that uh, there are moments these days where Messi is quiet for, say, 10-15 minutes. But then when he springs to life, yeah, just make something happen out of nothing, which is uh, pretty remarkable. Uh, Diman, I also wanted to speak to you on uh, Julian Alvarez. Uh, he's someone who came in for Lotaro Martinez after Argentina lost to Saudi Arabia in the first game. Uh, that, in a way, has turned out to be a blessing in disguise. The fact that Argentina lost and perhaps Caloni was forced to make that change. Alvarez has been brilliant since uh, since getting a regular run. I mean, Scaloni uh, would have rather had it differently, you know, not start with a loss because although that seems, um, you know, years away, yeah. uh, it was a very difficult start to a campaign. And as every Argentine player has subsequently pointed out, because of that loss, every match seemed like a final. Now, that's a very tough ask when you're doing, when you're playing a World Cup because France could rest players, Brazil could rest players. Uh, Argentina had to win every game because they'd lost in the opener. So, uh, Scaloni would rather have not had it that way. But that said, Alvarez is one of the brighter prospects of football in Argentina. And that is another piece of good news that this team has shown. They have players like Enzo Fernandez and Julian Alvarez who can carry the baton. Uh, there will be a time when Messi will not be there. There will be a time when Di Maria will not be there. But they have, Argentina have young players who can ensure that there is no dip or no major dip in intensity and success of the team. Assuming, of course, Scaloni continues to stay and, does, and is allowed to do things his way. Alvarez's commitment, his confidence for that goal was remarkable because there was a player on his left, there was a player on his right and he could have passed to either. But he chose to go solo. Okay, he was lucky that he got some deflections and ricochets that came his way. But to be able to stay the course and to be able to then finish that move with feet in air, with a tap-in, talks of uh, strength and skill in equal measure, I think. Diman, I think Messi, after the game yesterday, has said that this is this uh, the final will be his last World Cup game. You mentioned about how uh, Messi was pulling his hamstring uh, during the match yesterday. How do you think, uh, will that be a concern at all for Argentina? Or uh, you think, especially with the assist that he made, that it's all fine and he'll be good to go? Yeah, it seems that way. Look, he uh, very early on in the tournament, Scaloni made it clear to us that he will substitute Messi only when Messi wants to be substituted. Mm-hmm. Now, yesterday was a classic example. By the 69th minute, Argentina 3-0 up. Messi has been in... There, there has been some concern over uh, Messi's uh, uh, fitness. He is feeling his leg gingerly. Any other coach in any other game, in any other competition would have just taken his key player off, given him rest. And because the Argentina, it was then about managing the game. But Messi stayed on. Messi stayed on because he wanted to. So, you would assume that he's the best judge of how he's feeling and he's feeling all right. So, that run showed us that there is no major fitness worry. Insofar as the last World Cup, well, he's been saying that for some time and uh, it's, it's, it's great that it's turned out this way. Uh, and it's only fair. I mean, he's just being practical. The next time the World Cup comes around, he'll be 39 years old. And uh, what is the point of being... Even if he is in the team, even if he continues playing football, what is the point of being just a five-minute player in a World Cup? You know, I don't know. Especially when you, when this has been a competition, he's had so much influence over since 2006. Uh, so, it's it's a fair call. I mean, he would be 39 years old and uh, 
you will not be able to influence games in the way you have even now mm. so it it being his last uh, world cup it's a call that makes eminent sense really yeah he's, he's been uh, remarkable really in this world cup uh demand is also a big moment for lionel scaloni the argentina manager uh, he took over after a round of 16 exit in the 2018 world cup and uh, he seems to have really galvanized his team uh, yesterday for example against croatia's midfield he ended up playing four midfielders to combat croatia's strength and it seemed to really work and he's is uh, i think the players uh, like want to play for him and, and like that uh, bond you see between the manager and the players yeah it's been a happy unit i mean and and the, the happy unit was not because of what they are doing at the world cup the happy unit is because it has been forged over the past few years uh, you know it's that is why Argentina did not give up on the team Argentina the country did not give up on the team after they lost their opener because they had enough belief in that team they knew that this is a team that has won 36 games that has been undefeated for 36 games it is a team that has bossed over Italy who were the european champions so this is a good team so they didn't give up after the first defeat it is all because of what scaloni and his staff Uh, which includes Aymar it has helped that uh, you know Aymar is Messi's idol uh, it, it helps that you know Walter Samuels there these are players that have served Argentina these are players who uh, have been able to get the team together so the staff has played a very important role uh, and i think that everyone wants to play for Scaloni is proof of how he's been able to rebuild and reshape a team which was in a shambles pretty much when he took over really uh, after the 2016 world cup exit and it was supposed to be an interim arrangement to start with and credit to scaloni for being able to continue building from that and forging a team that is good with the ball that is good defensively and of course that has leo messi argentina will face the winner of uh, the game between france and morocco tonight uh, whichever team wins if france go through they have a chance to make history by becoming the first team since brazil to win back to back world cups uh, if morocco and the first to... coach in didier deschamps to yeah. be the to retain the title since vittorio pozzo yeah uh, for italy which is 34 and 38 yeah. yeah yes yeah. and if morocco make it of course they've already made history by being the first african team to make the semis and if they are able to get past france then uh, that will be another incredible story uh, theman what are you expecting from the game tonight i'm very keen to see how morocco react if they take in an early goal because morocco have been playing in one way and it has worked because they've been able to keep clean sheet after clean sheet after clean sheet so it's it's uh, it's worked for them but what if morocco start trailing again and what if morocco have to chase again do they do they then abandon their defensive caution which has stood them in so good state or do they continue to do this and and in a manner like croatia have tried to uh, get results stay patient and still look on the counter uh, they do not have croatia's kind of experience uh, so i am very curious to see what happens in that case otherwise uh, it's going to be morocco is going to do pretty much the same things uh, walid regregui told us yesterday that you know he's going to stick to what has worked for them uh, and and then frankly there is no reason for them not to uh, but you are up against a team that has solid attacking ability you're up against a team that is solid in the midfield and you're up against a team that has been very consistent in his defense even though they have not been able to keep a clean sheet so while every test for morocco has been a their sternest test you kind of think that this really will be the the the, the biggest uh, thing for them because france are the defending champions france have players of huge experience they also have very promising young players uh, 
and they have Mbappe. So it will be a difficult game because uh, I think France will have to be patient. But I am really interested in seeing how Morocco react if there's a goal early in the game and they're chasing the game and they need to get something out of it. Then how Morocco reacts to that situation will be interesting because we know how Morocco is going to play otherwise, pretty much. Uh, Morocco's defensive record has been uh, remarkable. Uh, apart from that own goal against Canada, they haven't conceded a goal. Uh, the individual quality that France have... Uh, we saw against England, for example, where it was probably 50-50, but that Griezmann cross and Giroud's header, do you think that can make the difference, especially in a semi-final like this, where uh, the individual ability that uh, the French have is just uh, far superior, isn't it? It is. And they have the experience of being at this level. They have players who, Rafael Varane is called, are historical soldiers. You know, they're players who done this in the past, uh, in Hugo Lloris, uh, in Mbappe, in Griezmann, in Varane. Uh, these are players who know what it takes to take out a semi-final game. They will not be intimidated by the huge crowd support that Morocco is going to get uh, because they are used to playing in such atmospheres, at least for their clubs. Uh, some of them definitely are. So, individual ability can make a difference. You cannot discount individual ability. But eventually, this is a game about the collective and how well... France perform as a collective is going to make the difference uh, because uh, if Morocco are, you know, in terms of quality on paper, football is not played on paper, but in terms of reputations, they just don't match. And yet Morocco have been able to take out one top European team after the other uh, and come as far as this. So they have every right to be confident. Do they have individual ability? Yes, they do too. If they have that confidence and they can look France in the eye, they have interesting players who can make the difference. Their number nine, the goal, Yusuf El Nasri, is, is a strong unit. Uh, they have a solid defensive lineup. They have Hakim Ziyash. They have Sufyan Budal. Now, Sufyan Bufal. These are players who can look at France in the eye and they have enough individual ability of their own. So it will be, it will, I think it will essentially be about the collective, which team performs its responsibilities better collectively, that is going to be the difference. Uh, it's not like the French defence can't be got at, isn't it? I think they've conceded a goal in every game. Yes. Oh, as yes. we mentioned in the game against England, the penalties that they conceded were quite tough. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, whether that defence can be tested, uh, Morocco, that's what they'll be looking to do. Yeah, it's, it's not the most, like how we saw in 2018, their defence was a strong point, but it's not as sturdy as it was. No, it isn't. They've missed Lucas Hernandez because of injury. Dao Tupemakano had issues uh, in then Varan's coming off a major injury problem and uh, Kounde is not exactly uh, a fullback. So, they've had... This is a makeshift defence, yes. But they've managed to cope because of the overall ability of the team. Uh, you have Habio taking out balls in front of the defence. You have Chouamini who's doing such a great role. And you have Griezmann, I mean, who has been the absolute star, the beating heart of this France team. So, it's the overall ability of the France team that really gives you confidence or that, that gives them confidence. The thing is, for France to test, for, for Morocco to test France's defence, they'll have to get there very oftener. They have not got to those places oftener until and unless a team is chasing a game, as they did against, as we saw against Portugal. So, if Morocco continue to pressure, England pressured France all the time. England played to their strengths, which was attack. They had Foden, they had uh, Saka, uh, they had um, uh, Bellingham. So, 
Morocco do not have that many attacking players. So I am thinking that France's defence will not be tested as much as uh, England tested them. And that could be advantage France, really. That was it for this episode. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us on our Twitter handles at Vivek9301 and at DemanHT. If you're a true football fan, you cannot not subscribe to Kickoff, our weekly newsletter on the world game which hits inboxes every Friday. For more updates on this podcast, follow HT Smartcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and LinkedIn. And to listen to more such podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.